Hey, this is Ronja Kaminski from the Pinpricks. Greetings from Germany, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. All right, welcome to another fabulous, fantastic edition of the Free Form Rock Podcast. With me, as always, is Mr. Lovable Lee. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and this is going to be the fantastic episode since you said it. Well, it's fantastic as you picked it, Lee. Oh, cool. Actually... I asked someone else. Um, there was a lady named Nime who does a channel, Nime the Prog Nerd. I'm giving her a shout out and I'll give her YouTube channel a link in the descriptions. But I asked uh, what album she thought might be good and one of her suggestions was Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's Tarkus, which I'm familiar with, and I used to have. And so I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So I want to say thank you to Nime for suggesting it, and it's an album that I am going to be looking forward to reviewing. Yeah, um, this is a band that I don't know much about that. Everybody says, well, you like Rush. You like these progressive bands. You like Yes. Why haven't you listened to ELP? Well, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I go, well, I know Lucky Man. I like that song. Oh, okay. And then I go, well, I know the other song they did with Cozy Powell that was a hard-hitting, hard rock song. Okay, so but, you know a little bit. So I was, I get into it. I was listening to this. I thought it would be a mixture of both those, and it wasn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't like it or liked it. We'll get into the review and I'll, yeah. I'll let you know. But uh, how's your week been going, Noli? It's been going okay. I've been listening to music and watching movies on YouTube and pretty much thinking about maybe doing more writing but not sure yet what I'm going to write about. I finished writing other stuff and... So I'm kind of taking a break of that. So I'm pretty much, you know, making food. You know, some of them are frozen dinners. Some of them I'm cooking steaks and stuff. And so I'm, I'm pretty much doing the regular domestic thing. When you cook a steak, do you use an iron skillet? Um, I don't use an iron skillet but um i'll have to find what kind that i use but i've been using like olive oil and butter and some garlic and stuff and so and i fry them for maybe a minute or two really high heat and it works yeah um Maybe you should try getting a steak, cooking it, sear it in the iron skillet, and then you okay. put the iron skillet in the oven and bake it. 
oh, in fact, I've I baked, I baked some steaks before, and one of the steaks that I made, I finished doing it for a, you know, uh, like a couple of minutes in the oven, so that so that um you know worked out so yeah i i used to and i'll probably get back to it i used to um bake them in the oven um and and i've used my my skillet uh or or pan for that sometimes and 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 and, and it worked out quite good you should get an iron skillet. The thing is about iron skillets, don't put water yeah. on them. Uh, oh, okay. You need to wash, you need to scrub them out and then season them and oil them up every time you use it or they rust. <laughs> Believe oh, okay. Me, when I first got one, I I wash it in water, put it away, and then I brought brought it back out. And I had to clean all the rust off of it to use it again. That's <laughs> like, shit. Wow. Yeah, my mother-in-law yeah, taught me how to clean a mother uh, iron skillet, but... I always forget how to do it, so I just uh, let the wife or her do it. <laughs> yeah, there was in the um, in 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 the drugstore, they had for a while during Halloween they they had like this thing where you could make this certain food or certain candy or or cake or whatever it was, and they gave the cake mix and everything, but they also included a small iron skillet in it, so. So I thought if I had bought one of them, I would have the cookie or cake mix, but I would also have the iron skillet. So I should have done that because the price was maybe like $15 or something. But I would be thinking I'd be paying for the skillet, which might be even more if I went to the hardware store and only got the skillet without without the extra stuff. Yeah, you should get an iron skillet because you love to cook and you could cook a lot of shit in that iron skillet, you know. And iron yeah. skillets, I hear, are better. They don't leave, like, really any residue on your food compared to, like, those Teflon skillets and stuff where you get oh, chemicals okay. on your food. So you're kind of cooking the food naturally on an iron skillet, you know. Oh, okay. That's cool. Thanks for the tip. All right. Well, let's get into this album by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, nicknamed ELP. Uh, yep. This album is Tarkus. It's from 1971. It's their second album. So um, I never got into this, but I keep hearing people talk about, like I said, talk about this album, talk about this band. I know Lucky Man, and I like Lucky Man, but... I never heard a complete album by this band till now, so thank you, Lee, for that. Because people yeah. have been bugging me for years to listen to this band. It's like I have so much shit I listen to. It's like yeah. your brain, I my brain can't handle it. Sometimes I can't sit there and go, "Well, I don't want to hear Def Leppard High and Dry," or "Do I want to hear ELP High and Dry?" Yeah, <laughs> I go to what I know. <laughs> you know, sometimes I don't. Yeah, I I know what you mean. In fact, I was maybe earlier in listening to them than you were but I wasn't someone who really heard them growing up until I was maybe mm, I forget what year but 
my next door neighbor, he was a record executive at MCA Records, and sometimes I would visit him and look at his records, and he would play me music, and one of the things he played me was Fanfare for the Common Man off of the album that I think had just gotten released called Works, and Works is... It's it's like, you know how Kiss had their solo albums, but in this case, in this case, it was each member of Emerson, Lake and Palmer had one whole side of an album to do whatever they wanted to do, and Keith Emerson had his side, and Greg Lake had his side, and Carl Palmer had his side, and then they had one more side, which was the whole group playing. And they had two songs, which I think were live tracks. And one of them was Fanfare for the Common Man. And I heard then, I thought, wow, that's pretty good. So that was my first initial listening to Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Nice. Um... Yeah, my first listening was just hearing Lucky Man on the classic rock station and then oh, wow. MTV when Cozy Powell came in. I didn't even know that was the same band. And uh, I liked Cozy Powell. I liked it. It was like kind of hard rock. That song, oh, I yeah. can't remember the song, though. Um, wasn't it Touch and Go? Yeah, Touch and Go. I wasn't sure. If yeah. I, I was thinking maybe I was getting mixed up with the cars, you know, but oh. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, Touch and Go, it was such a great song. And I've always wondered this. Did they pick Cozy Powell because of his drumming? Or did they pick him because of his last name? <laughs> so they could keep ELP. Yeah, I'm not sure. But but I think that what happened was Carl Palmer, he had responsibilities with the group Asia. So that was why they didn't use him. Yeah, we need to do an Asia album. I love Asia. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I always wondered that. So I'm just wondering... Because Cozy Powell is a fucking... Was a phenomenal drummer, though. So, But I'm just wondering yeah. if they said, well, he's a great drummer and he has the last name P and we could still go by ELP. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder that if that ha factored it. into him getting the job. But he never. they only made the one album. I think, yeah. Right? And then they Yeah. And did they make anything after that or they just disbanded totally, right? I am not sure, but my guess is they might have maybe they might have tried to do a couple of other things, but they pretty much stopped after that. Oh, okay. I just wanted to Well, let's get into this album, shall we? Let's get to the track uh -huh. listings here. And Lee is going to go by each part of the song Tarkus, and I'm just going to yeah. talk about the whole song. And then okay. I'll, I might comment on each part, because I remember what I heard. So let's yeah. talk about the uh, Tarkus, the yeah. the big freaking like 2112 thing <laughs> that they did before 2112. Maybe Rush got inspired by them, because the whole side is one song. Like 2112 was like 21 minutes, and this is 20 minutes. So let's get into this. Um, it was written yeah. by Keith, Keith Emerson and Greg Lake. So let's get yeah, into well, the parts, Lee. Yeah, well, the reason I wanted to do it in parts was because 
I found that just for me personally, when I was hearing it in parts, I was able then to stop after each part and listen to each part as a song. And for me, it worked better that way. But... Okay, the, the first part, Eruption, to me, it was an interesting beginning, more like an introduction than a fully completed song, but it worked and it gave the listener an in-your-face wake-up call that this is going to be exciting. And then Stones of Years, the second part, it's like a progressive version of a psychedelic song. I thought it was really hip and it stood out on its own and it's one of the best parts of the album. And then Iconoclast was like a return to the, the theme of eruption, but it also reminds me of the middle part of the monkey song, Writing Wrongs. And this wasn't one of my favorite parts, Iconoclast, but it's, it's okay as a bridge to other parts of the song. And then Mass, this is cool. That's the fourth part. It could have been extended to be a long song in its own. It's kind of like a combination of Deep Purple and Yes in its song structure and arrangement, and I dug it. And then the fifth part, Manticore. This is the third version of the theme started in Eruption and continuing in Iconoclast. But this time it works really well, and it's a good representation of the theme. I like it a lot, and it works as its own song. And then the sixth part, Battlefield, I thought this is really cool. It's moody and heavy and psychedelic, and it works totally as a song on its own. I can imagine this also working on the album Brain Salad Surgery. It's a great, trippy, progressive rock song. And then the last part, part seven, Arc. Aquatarchus. This starts with an interesting part that reminds me of the music of Aaron Copeland. And then the rest is like a summing up of what was already done with some of the other parts. It's done really well and it's one of the better parts on the album. I like it a lot. And overall, I'd say Tarkus is a pretty interesting song with some parts that I like better than others. But overall, to me, interesting in the same way that some of Jethro Tull's longer songs are interesting. Yeah, I like Jethro Tull. I have uh, some albums by them. Uh, yeah. Never bought an ELP. But, uh, oh, yeah. This is like, a, like I don't know. You're a musician. I'm not a musician. I listen to things in a whole. I don't break them down like you do. Okay. So you're you're also into classical music, which they do parts one part. And I'm a huge Rush fan, but I listen to 2112 as a whole, you know. I know it goes different, different, but I consider it just different parts, you know, of a, of a great whole song. Yeah, yeah. So I don't go into the the classical things. I just listen to it as a whole and give my opinion on that. Oh, well, that's that. cool. And I know I'm, I might sound stupid to all the prog rock fans out there. Sorry, prog is my favorite genre, that and heavy metal and prog metal. But um, even Dream Theater and Rush, I'm not going to sit there and break down their part, apart, apart, apart. I'm just going to listen to the whole track. You <laughs> all know? right. 
I'm I'm a what lay, if we I'm did a layman. A, a whole album of Kiss, where each song we only talked about each minute of of the song, <laughs> and go okay. This first part had him say yeah 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 yeah, and then the second part had him go ooh 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 ooh, you know. <laughs> And then Paul um, went, that, 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, that's new Paul. Oh, fuck that. Soul, oh, yeah. That Soul Station is a piece of work, man. It just, his voice is so fucking uh, studioized. You could tell. Ooh, yeah. child. I go, fuck, can you sound any more docile? <laughs> I go, this isn't Paul Stanley. <laughs> it's like the fucking... Fucking Folgers commercial, the best part of Wicked. <laughs> yeah, and that didn't even get aired. I someone, know. Someone, I guess, found it and and put it out there. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's uh, I uh, Chris Sinzak put up a uh, somebody doing a cover of Paul Stanley's fucking commercial. <laughs> huh? That's <laughs> funny. I'll find it, and send it to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. This is really good as a whole. And I was lazy to break it down like Lee did. This song is like Rush, Yes, Dream Theater, as they have parts of a whole piece of music. And this rules. The music is really good. And I don't get technical. I just like what I heard. And that's it. The keyboards of Emerson are amazing. And the band is fucking genius. That's all I got to say. Hey, well, you you did some good, you know. Mm-hmm. So so um um you don't need to sell yourself short. There's some people who might have just said, "Uh, I liked it," you know. But even that's better than not. Uh, I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's Andrew Jacobs. I'm not Andrew Jacobs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a good song. I really liked it when it came out. And, uh, 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 uh. Did you see the video they put up on him on uh, the RMC CP group? Where he's talking about punk mosh pits. <laughs> good dude. This guy's in a mosh pit. Uh, you're pulling my hair. Wait, he doesn't have hair. You're hitting my <laughs> shoulder. Stop bouncing into me. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. I think I missed that one. Yeah, I'll maybe I can find it and send it to you. I, okay. At this point, uh, today we're recording on February 5th, 2021. Um, I'm banned from posting in groups right now. So I banned, uh, so I used my wife's page and I used you to put up our last episode. <laughs> so, uh, and then okay. put up stuff that I thought people should look like the Queen Innuendo and stuff that's pretty good. Redbeard. I like Redbeard. I love him and Jim Ladd, the best freeform DJs out there. Um, right on. Uh, Terrence uh, Reardon got me into Redbeard. He's pretty damn good. Uh, okay. And then we get into the, the... We flip this bitch over to side two because side one is over. That was it. Yep. We get into side one, which the first tri- side two, Jeremy Bender. What'd you think? Uh, make sure you didn't pick it. So what'd you think of this track? This is written sort of like an old English folk song. But in a way, like how Paul McCartney did narrative-style pop songs in the Beatles. It's not one of my favorites on here, but I don't mind it. It's short, and it works. He sounds like Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull in this song. Um, Yeah. Cool little quirky song. It's okay. Not bad. Right on. 
And then we get to the next song, which you picked, Bitches Crystal. So here's Bitches Crystal on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Okay, that was Bitches Crystal. Why'd you pick that track, Lee? Well, this is, to me, this is an avant-garde-style parlor song. Almost like a combination of Fats Waller and Igor Stravinsky. It's one of the best songs on the album. It's not at all written like a dance tune, but I could imagine someone dancing to it because it moves in grooves. It's quite good. Yeah, it's a cool song. Fast-moving drums are amazing, and the vocals rule. And Keith is jamming on the keyboards, and Greg also rules on the vocals. This is a great song. I like it a lot. Good pick, Lee. Right on. And then we get to the next song, which you picked again. The Only Way, yep. in parentheses, Him, by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
okay, that was the only way, parentheses him. What'd you think about that one? Why'd you pick it? Oh, yeah, well, this sounds at first like one of those French organ symphonies from the late 1800s or early 1900s. And then it changes to sound like an updated version of a movement of a suite by Johann Sebastian Bach. It's really good. It's one of my favorite songs on here. It's not rock, but it fits, and I'm totally into it. Well, Lee, <clears throat> this song is boring. I okay. Don't, I don't like it, but I do love the piano, so it's not that bad. And then it goes straight into the next song, which is Infinite Space, parentheses, Collusion. What did you think about this one? Okay, I thought it was Continuation, but Collusion sounds good too. Anyway, this is an improvisation based on the first part of this medley, which was the first part, The Only Way. But it's more rock-oriented, and I like it quite a bit. But it sounds more like a jam session than a fully realized song, but that's not to its discredit. It's still very good. And I hear hints of Vince Guaraldi in the style of piano playing. Very hip. Yeah, in my original notes, I said this sounds like the Peanuts, but then I figured out that it was fucking shuffling on me again, so I had to go back and redo my notes. But in my original yeah. notes, I, I agreed with you. It does sound like Vince Guaraldi. But uh, yeah. I said it's repetitive to me, and it seems like Keith is the star of this band, and the other two follow his lead. Is that true? Um, I would have to say in many ways, especially on this album, I would say so. Yeah, because this album, it just sounds like the keyboards are the star, and they're just following along with him. Um, yeah, and in fact, I, I hear what you say, because with the way this song goes on, I mean, I like it, but it felt like almost like they were getting ready for maybe someone to come in and solo, but they didn't, so they kept the backing track that didn't change much. Yeah, and then we get into the uh, next track, which you picked, A Time and a Place by ELP on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Just bring water still 
That was a time and a place. Why'd you pick this song, Lee? Quite a good song. Almost like early heavy metal, except with keyboards. It's a good deep cut and one of my favorite songs on the album. This is heavy progressive rock at its finest. I totally agree with you on that, Lee. Uh, this right jams. On. Love the drums. And Greg is awesome with his vocals. Killer track, man. Rules. Right on. And then we get to the last song, which is a little weird for this album. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> what do you think of Are You Ready for Eddie? Yeah, well, it's a fun song. It's a good way to close the album. It puts a lighthearted mood to things. The soloing has some interesting avant-garde classical moments to it, even though the song itself is a, you know, shuffling blues. But they probably wrote this about their engineer, Eddie Offord, and it was probably a last-minute thing to fill up space, but it works. Not bad. Yeah, it's uh, this album went, ends, like I said, weird with a 50s, 60s type of rockabilly. I like it. It's a cool song. And it like, what the fuck? <laughs> they were all progressive. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're doing like Carl Perkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, yeah. man? And then the, he has some like piano. He's like doing honky tonk piano, but then he goes a little off key on his piano to, yeah. to fuck it up. And I go, what the fuck happened? It was going smooth. Oh, he's going. Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's like fucking, yes. Well, a weird piano that one guy did one time. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And he goes. Like if, like <laughs> if yes did their version of Turkey in the Straw. I don't even know what that is. Turkey in the Straw, like. Dun, 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 dun. Da, 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 da. Turkey and straw. It's it, it's sort of like it's it's sort of like old McDonald had a farm. That kind of song. Okay, it was just weird because this band is massively progressive, and then all of a sudden it's like. Oh. <laughs> and then I have a question after I named the personnel off this album: uh, Keith Emerson, Hammond organ, St. Mark's Church organ, piano, Celestra, Moog, Mog. I mean. Mo Modular synthesizer, Greg Lake, vocals, bass guitar, electric, and acoustic guitar. Carl Palmer, drums, and assorted percussion. Okay, I got a question about Greg Lake. Uh-huh. Um, who played electric and acoustic guitar in concert? Um, if he's playing bass. It... Um, it's possible that he didn't do the bass in concert, that this was for the album. I'm just saying, they're a three-piece, but none of them play... He plays the guitar, but you can't play bass and electric guitar at the same time. So yeah. I, so did they have somebody else on stage know. with them? I, I never saw them live, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had a bass player come in for the live stuff, but I don't know. It's possible that they didn't have a bass player live. Because I know in that uh, video for Touch and Go, he's ripping on the guitar, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, but he's the bass player, so who the fuck is playing bass? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah. It's yeah. like Aerosmith, you know, they have keyboards on a lot of their stuff, right? But they yeah. bring a, a keyboard player on stage with them. They don't have it, like, piped in. Yeah. And it's so... Like, well, Ozzy had background who vocals. Who knows what happened back then? I'm you, you know the guy who sang in um, God, I can't remember his name. He's in Warrant now, lead singer Warrant. And, 
Oh, Robert Mason. Robert Mason. You know, he was backstage in a booth singing background vocals for uh, Ozzy on his tours. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he was off stage <laughs> singing the yeah. melodies. <laughs> so that was weird, man. So that was our uh, short album uh, because one yeah. song took up the whole side. It yeah. was uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Tarkus, I liked it. There's parts of it that I didn't like, but it's actually a good album. So I give it a yeah a 6 out of 10. That's cool. A lot of other people gave it 3.5 stars, 4.5 uh, stars, uh, an A for Classic Rock Revisited, The Daily Vault, an A, Sea of Twin Quality, 5 stars, Classic Rock gave it 3.5 stars. So it's hit or, hit or miss for people. Yeah, I would say if I had to rate it like that, I would probably rate it about seven and a half out of ten. It's like the album that people keep telling me to listen to, now I want to hear it, is a Brain Salad Surgery. Is that the one with Lucky Man on it? No, that's the first album. Oh, Brain Salad Surgery. People just say... And Lucky Man is the only song that sounds like it on the album. Nothing else on that album even sounds close to what that song is. Okay, it says Tarkus rates 21st as the best progressive rock album of all time. I don't think I'd put it that high. You know? Oh, okay. Because I like I don't it. I like, know if I, like I would the... put it the very best either, but I would say that for albums of that time period, I would say it's one of the more notable albums. It's just like. Uh... These progressive rock geeks, you know, they're going to look at me and go, fuck, Mark is an idiot. I'm sorry. I just like what I like. Is a, Lee's the more freaking musician here. I'm not a musician. I'm just a fan. <laughs> but but I that's do, okay. But I do like this album. So you're getting a layman talking about an album you love. But if you talk about Yes or Rush or something like that, I'll be more into it. This is the first yeah. time I heard this. If I talk about Rush 2112, I go, oh my God. When he does that part where he's talking about rubber, 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 and fucking 2112 Overture, I'm like, ah! You know, it's different. Because I, I live with that album. <laughs> this is the first time I heard it. This album. I hear you. So let's get into our uh, tracks of the week, Lee. And yep. I didn't listen to them this week. I'm sorry. You it's picked, okay. You picked a band, Mine Garage's Ruby Rose. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Is that progressive? It's it's kind of progressive, yeah. And I picked a progressive track group I love. Um, yes, Starship Trooper. Yeah, that's a good song. And then as always, we pick your uh, song track of the week, Swedish Homecoming. Yep. What's that about? Um, I was making random lines about stuff that kind of made sense but maybe not total sense and one of the lines i mentioned some about a swedish homecoming so it it kind of makes sense and it kind of doesn't are you part swedish um not biologically or were you just eating swedish meatballs i was not but oh, okay. i took the words and I used some phrases from some magazines and so I must have saw Swedish Homecoming in one of the magazines. Okay. Hey, I was listening to one of our old episodes because I was in there fixing the episode numbers for uh, uh -huh. 
for uh, iTunes, and then I figured yeah. out when somebody told us our Judas Priest, my Judas Priest, you weren't there. You were there. You were in the first like ten episodes, like three or four times, I think. But you were oh, on okay. the Judas Priest episode uh, with uh, Nate, which we're gonna have to re-record because it was actually Wishbone Ash that fucking got replaced in that <laughs> file. Fucking oh, pissed okay. me off. And then our Queen episode with Terrence Reardon was Wishbone Ash too. But luckily, oh. <laughs> it uploaded to YouTube, and I grabbed the audio and fixed it. So oh, that okay. episode is fixed, but we lost all our uh, uh, downloads numbers from that episode. And oh, that was wow. a, that was like over 200, 300 episodes. I'm wondering because it missed with uh, Wishbone Ash. Uh, <laughs> huh. I have, I no, have idea. no idea. No idea. Okay, man. This is our... Uh, our review of Emerson, Lake and Palmer Tarkas. And until next week, you know what to do, Lee. You know what to do, don't you? You know what to do. Yep. Do I have to say it? Nope. Goodbye, everybody. And if you eat food, make sure that you enjoy it. All right, man. Take it easy. Take it sleazy or take it whatever you want to take it. Just don't take it in the ass. Later.
You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.